We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Tonight's interview is with my dear friend, Michelle Moses. Michelle is a creative director, branding and marketing designer. And in this episode, we talk about her experience while living with HG, which is a pregnancy related condition. HG affects about 1% of women and causes severe nausea, vomiting and weight loss, which of course leads to tremendous emotional suffering. Michelle shared her story with me and spoke about the difference between regular pregnancies versus HG, how people minimize the pain and suffering of women affected with this condition, and what we can do to support our friends and family living with HG. I am a full-time designer, creative director, um, and brand strategist, and I am also a mom of two. Um, my pregnancies, which we're about to discuss, were journeys in themselves, and it was difficult and an experience. It was eye-opening. I learned a lot about myself and my dynamic with my husband and my family. Um, but I don't let it define me or make me afraid of having more kids <laughs> or um, moving forward with work. Um, but, you know, we'll get into that. So first of all, could you explain well, could you give us the actual word for HG? So it's pronounced hyperemesis gravidarum. Um, and I'm, we'll talk about my first pregnancy, which is when I had HG for most of it. And back then, no one talked about HG. Also, we didn't have social media like we do now. Instagram was very early. It wasn't in the comment and reply phase where you can interact with people the way you can now. It really was just Facebook, but Facebook Facebook groups didn't exist yet. So anything I knew about HG was just via Google and looking it up and just educating myself. And I want to just mention early on about helper.org. So for anyone who's listening to this, looking for some sort of comfort and validation and they're suffering from HG or they have suffered from HG, helper.org is a huge help. Um, it's an amazing resource for anyone going through it. And it definitely, I would say it saved my life, um, experiencing HG for the first time and going into it, not knowing what it was or what was happening to my body. And, um, it was just amazing to have the forums to interact with other people going through it and just the education of what exactly was going on. Right. For sure. Well, that's great that you found the resource. Yeah. So let's just backtrack for a minute. So what are the symptoms of HG for those who are unfamiliar with it? Okay. So 
there's HG and then there's severe morning sickness and there's regular morning sickness. And um, HG is basically like the worst version of any sort of morning sickness you've heard about. So vomiting and nausea are 24 seven. There's no stop to it. And what happens with vomiting, it's like people get so grossed out talking about it, but it's a reality. Um, and when you can't keep food and, and, and liquid in, in your body for long periods of time, your body can go into ketosis. Um, you can become malnourished. Um, and many women end up with IV in the hospital because they can't, they have no food, no liquid. And, uh, many women suffer from dehydration, um, lack of proper nutrition. Um, it's terrible for dental hygiene and just people complain about getting many cavities after or needing work done on their mouth after it's like, it's like a domino effect. Um, I had muscle atrophy where my muscle, because my body wasn't getting proper nutrition, my muscles began, began to deteriorate and I couldn't use them. They had, they were so weak. I couldn't stand. And my leg muscles turned to mush. My arm muscles turned to mush. Um, I'm okay now. I've got a big baby. <laughs> I carry him a lot. I'm good. But um, basically, like I said, it's a domino effect of symptoms and they're very extreme. It's, it's a super crazy, I mean, there's a million side effects and you can look up the symptoms, but it's, you know, watering mouth and, or dry mouth, um, constant nausea, fatigue, dizziness, fainting, blacking out. It's happened to me many times. Um, yeah. Unable to move. Yeah. Going to the bathroom, like just to, I remember trying to shower. I couldn't, I couldn't even make it. I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't shower. I couldn't use the bathroom. Like I couldn't do anything on my own. Your body just like it stops. Wow. Wow. Okay. So the thing about HG is that it's a pregnancy related disease, right? So there's no way of knowing you have it until you get pregnant. Right. Exactly. Um, it's the weirdest scientific mystery out there. They say that if your aunt had it or your mom had it, you can get it. But then there are people who have it in the family and they don't get it or they don't have it in the family and they suddenly get it. Um, I was just talking to a friend who's like, my mom described her pregnancy as not fun, but she never told me she vomited all day. And like, here I am with HG, you know, like you never right. know if it could hit you. It's really a 50, 50 chance. You either get it or you don't. So my mom suffered from it. My aunt suffered from it. And I knew I had a very strong feeling it would happen to me. So it wasn't a total shock, but I did not, ex I did not expect it to be as bad as it was. It was like the craziest experience ever. Um, I was also diagnosed with HG. It was, I want to say less than two months after my wedding. So oh my going into the first year of marriage, also being so sick and unable to get out of bed was crazy. My husband obviously did not sign up for that, <laughs> but he was amazing. So um, it could take a toll on marriages, relationships. If you have other children, you can't be there for them. I know people who hired help um, just to have someone watch their kids while they were bedridden. Um, with my first, you know, if it's your first, it's different. I was able to be in bed all the time, but we moved into my parents' house because I couldn't do things on my own. So my mom took care of me. My husband worked. So he was out all day. 
And it was really like, I would just text my mom, like, I need you. I, I can't get up. I can't eat. I can't do this. I can't do that. I, I would stay in, on her second floor in bed. Um, and getting up and down the stairs even was a struggle. Um, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like you mentioned that that you got pregnant two months after. So it started right after you got married. So the symptoms started right right when you got pregnant, right? Is that how? Yeah, we have a joke. Um, I tell my husband, I'm like, I would know if I'm pregnant because <laughs> the second I'm pregnant, I have symptoms like right away. It just starts immediately for me. Um, and both times I was very sick the first trimester of my second pregnancy. Um, but I, it, it doesn't compare to my first pregnancy. So there's also like a glimmer of hope, you know, for anyone who's gone through it the first time, it doesn't mean you'll get it again. It's really a 50, 50 shot. So Mm -hmm. you don't know what you're getting. (laughs) You don't know if it'll happen. And you could have one really bad pregnancy and five amazing ones, or you could have five really amazing ones and then one really bad one after. You just don't know. There's no way to know. That's so interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you if you have it the first time, then could you expect to just keep on having it through all, throughout all your pregnancies? But you just yes the or no? Yeah, yeah. It, there's really no way to find out. Um, I know someone who's gone through like <laughs> four really terrible pregnancies, but. Um, her kids are spaced apart and she basically waits till the youngest is old enough to fend for themselves, feed themselves, take care of themselves. Um, I have a, I mean, a decent age gap. My son was four. So, um, he was pretty independent when I had my bedridden period, which was like the first three, four months of my last pregnancy. I would say Mm -hmm. three months by the fourth month I was already like functioning but I was also on different medication. Things change in five, in four to five years, you know? So from one pregnancy to the next, there was a very big difference. The knowledge, like my doctor knew exactly what it was. The first time around, my doctor did not know what was happening to me. So um, HG is definitely talked about more and more people know about it. And also as social media grew over the last five, six years, um, you know, the world got smaller and people know more, people are more educated now. So that definitely helps. Um, that gap in between a lot happened, there was more knowledge. And, and I felt like also having gone through it already, I knew how to, I guess, handle it better. Um, and I was able to get ahead of it a little bit. I knew which vitamins to take and when to know I'm pushing myself too much. And not to have high expectations of myself and know that I can take a break and not work for a month or two if I need to get through it. So it's different when you're going into it with a mindset versus going through it and not knowing what's going on and just trying to survive. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Were you expecting to have HG just as bad during your second pregnancy as did during your first before you got pregnant? I was terrified. I... I felt like it would happen again because I'm like, it's, it could, you know, you don't, it, it either will or it won't. Um, sometimes it wasn't as severe. It was, I was definitely dehydrated the first couple of months from not being able to keep anything down. I wasn't able to eat. I lost a lot of weight. I was probably thinner than I had ever been um, since having my first. And I, I went in with a risk. And I took a chance and I'm like, I'll either get sick or I won't. (laughs) Mm. And it was complicated. I run my own business. So 
Uh, I also had to be a little bit strategic about it because I needed my business to be at a point where if I did fall off the face of the earth for two months because I was stuck in bed, I needed things to kind of run themselves. And I delegated a lot of jobs to fellow colleagues. Um, I made sure that I had a team. Um, and which actually was good in the long run because I had built a team and I had people that were working for me, with me, and things were able to continue. There was business as usual, even though I was a little bit MIA. So sorry, I'm not even answering your question anymore. Now I'm just like off on a tangent. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did have some sort of suspicion that I'd go through it again and thank God it wasn't as bad. So, um, but I knew to prepare just in case. I've right, spoken to people and yeah. And, and like one, one of the best pieces of advice someone gave me was before she gets pregnant, she creates, she um, cooks in advance for her family and freezes everything. She bought a second freezer and it's stocked with like a two month supply of food so that when someone's hungry, she's like, just put in the oven. Like I'm not there for you. So you're cooking for yourself and her husband and children just basically live off of her two month supply while she's sick. So like there's a whole strategy. There's like so much prep work that goes into Sounds it. Sounds like it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you just you just got to be on your toes more and just plan accordingly. Yeah. But this friend of yours sounds like she only has it for two months then. Well, she was set for two months and then you kind of also rely on family and help. Some people don't have anyone and I honestly don't know what I would have done if not for my mom taking care of me. Like I really needed the help. And then second pregnancy also. My mom basically took care of my son. He was there at her house every day after school and I was in bed and um, he'd come home right in time, right on time for bed. And I basically didn't see my child for a good two, three months. He would, we had the system and then I would take him to school, go straight to bed. Thank God school is local. It's a very short drive. I drop him off, drive right back to bed and he'd go to my mom. I'd pick him up tuck him in, go right back to bed. It was like the system every day for a few months and it worked. You know, I was able to get through whatever I needed to get through. And like I said, it's really just a matter of constant planning, being prepared, knowing what's going on and just getting things in order so that you can just rest. And I, that's what I needed. I needed to just rest and be in bed and be near a bathroom at all times. It's just like, it's not pretty and it's not fun. Yeah. How did your son feel about this? Like going to his grandmother every, every day? He loved it. He, you know, we made it as fun as possible. He didn't fully understand mommy wasn't feeling well. We actually went into Pesach, Passover, um, in the middle of my pregnancy, like very early on. So we, we, planned it so that we'd be away. We were in a hotel. My, my husband and my son, we were in one room and then we had an adjoining room with my parents. We were literally a door apart from each other. And I did not leave my bed for a week. And my son and, you know, everyone had food. Everyone was good. I knew my family was taken care of and I could just stay in bed and I never had to leave. So my son was like in between rooms all the time, hanging out with my mom, my dad. He had the best time ever. And to him, it was a vacation. He didn't realize how sick I was. And we tried to keep it that way. You know, I didn't want to scare him. I didn't want him to be nervous. I didn't want him to think something wrong. So I just tried to keep it as discreet as possible on my end. And um, also three, four years old is a very independent age already. You know, that's when children are able to 
um, feed themselves if you leave food out. I'd always leave bread on the table for the morning. He would have breakfast, bread and cereal, and he could do that on his own already and pour himself drinks. Like he was able to really take care of himself. I was there supervising, like, don't get me wrong. I didn't leave him alone. (laughs) But like when I couldn't do daily functions, um, he was able to do that. Right. That's great. Yeah. So when did you realize that it was more than just morning sickness? Because it happened with your first pregnancy. So you really had never experienced this before. So one of the most insane symptoms that comes along with HG is I mean, it's really most pregnancies, but it's even more severe with HG is the, your sense of smell is so off and heightened. Mm -hmm. Um, every smell made me sick and the level of sick that I felt was so intense that I knew something was wrong with me. I actually called my doctor was our Yom Kippur right before the fast of Yom Kippur. I called my doctor and I'm like, I'm not normally sick. Something is wrong with me. And I told him I like, no food is staying down. We're going into a fast. I was totally not even intimidated. I'm like, thank God there's no cooking or food. Like I couldn't handle food or its smell. And I'm like, I'm like, something's wrong. I'm like, I can't move. I told him, I'm like, I'm stuck in bed. I can't move. I'm, I'm like trapped in my bed. My body's not functioning. Like I want to move one leg in front of the other. It's not working. I'm nauseous. I can't keep food down. And he's like, you have something called HG. And I actually switched doctors somewhere in between. And the second doctor had no idea what HG was, but he's like, it's nine months and then it's over. So let's just get through this. And I'm like, okay, that's a positive attitude. But, um, and then I also want to discuss how it's really not over at nine months. There's a lot of post side effects such as PTSD. People get very traumatized from HG. I know I was, um, people might not want to have kids right away. Again, they don't want to put their bodies through that again. Um, and any, anything could be a trigger, whether it's a smell or a sight. For me, it was some music. Anything that I heard on the radio while I was sick with HG would make me throw up like literally wow. um, for months after. And it's, it's all PTSD related. And it took me a very long time to like fully, fully recover. And we're talking years until I was like, I'm over that HG. Like it's behind me for real now. So it's not just like, oh, you're sick for nine months and then poof, the baby comes out and you're fine. It's really not like that. For some people it is. Um, So how do you get over such a thing? Like, do you go to therapy for that? I didn't. People do. Um, For me, it was just time. Time heals. And with every passing few months, I felt a little bit better. Also, I felt stronger. I was physically getting better. It's a physical physical recovery too. Um, So I was able to perform daily functions, shower, brush my teeth. I, for years, I was like, I will never take brushing my teeth for granted again. I just don't look at these things normally anymore. Like just getting out of bed in the morning is such a blessing. And I definitely have a new perspective on life after going through this. And it's an actual disease. Like people are very quick to roll their eyes at pregnant women and say, you're being dramatic. You're just pregnant. You don't have anything serious. It's just pregnancy. I got a lot of that. And it's the, it's the worst feeling because no one could fully understand what I was going through. No one got it. And people thought like, oh, she's a newlywed. She wants attention. She just wants space or like everyone interpreted it in, a, in their own way. I lost a couple of friendships over it. Um, 
yeah, I had a couple of friends who like couldn't understand it and they didn't want to. And they cut ties with me. They're like, oh, you don't have time for me, clearly. And I'm like, it's really not that. I'm just very sick and I can't leave my house or my bed. And people didn't understand it. Um, and it was it was hard. Like, like, this is what I mean. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm sick and it's physical. There's so much that can happen as a result of being this sick. So um, I am a huge advocate of doing the research Right now, like, again, so much has happened in the last five years, but um, there are so many YouTube videos out there discussing HG and what it's like, and um, whether it's someone educating the viewer or someone just trying to connect with the sick pregnant mom-to-be and trying to explain, like, you're not alone, and you've got this, and I went through it, and I got through the other side, and you will be too. Um, There are so many resources like that now that I wish I had back then. I just needed someone to hear me and feel me. And I felt so unheard and unseen because all I'm getting from every side is get out of bed, just come out with us, just hang out with us, just do that, just go to the bathroom. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I can't do any of these things. I cannot live. Um, and it really is. In short, it's, it's like, if I had to describe HG in one sentence, it is stopping your life for nine months. That really is what it is. Like everyone continues their life around you and you are in this like darkness for nine months. It's, it causes depression. It causes suicidal thoughts. Um, and I went through all of that. I was the most depressed and I've been through depression in my teen years. And this was like the lowest level I ever reached. I, it was like a funk I couldn't shake for a long, long time, even after my son was born. And it wasn't postpartum depression. Like after he was born, I'm like, this is just a continuation of what I went through in the pregnancy. And, um, you know, just getting out of that funk and it's just, it, it's just, it's hard. It was very hard. Right. Because first of all, you probably felt like you had no control over your body. Right. And then you felt like, you weren't being heard, which is the worst. I mean, I sound like a broken record, but I keep on saying this over and over again. Without support, you just, like, we can't do things on our own. You know what I mean? Like, right. we, need, we need people to, we are made to be with other human beings and to have a supportive community. That's why community is so important. And, and in general, you know, like when you're going through something, you need to have people who understand you. You need to feel heard or else it makes whatever you're going through so much worse. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, right. And just like getting the validation, like my husband had no idea. We didn't know what was going on. You know, we knew I was sick. We knew I couldn't do anything. We knew that he was working really hard and like, he even felt guilty going out with friends. He's like, can I go out with friends tonight? Like, Mm. can I go on living my life while you're not living yours? It was like the most awkward situation to be in. And, um, when I, when I would go on these forums on helpher.org and hear other moms going through exactly the same thing. And you can actually like look up which trimester or week someone's at and chat with them and share what you're going through together. And just experiencing that was just, it was amazing. It was like a big hug. Like I needed to know I'm not alone in it. And, um, And like, I I keep saying this, but now it's so much different. Like you can literally, you're a click away. Like now there are Instagram pages for it. There are Facebook groups for it. You're a click away from just connecting with someone who's going through it too. And just 
it feels good to know you're not alone. And then you can also share tips with each other on how to get through it. And um, it's interesting. I went through this years ago, but um, just recently, a couple of friends of mine went through it the same time. And I'm like, maybe I was meant to go through this and have this experience. And they, and they were pregnant after me the second time. So I'd gone through it twice. They were going through it the, f- the first time. And I'm like, maybe I needed to go through this to help them. And they, they relied on me being there for them so much because they felt so alone and so afraid. And it was so dark and it was so, so bleak. And there's no hope because you don't know if you're going to feel good the next day or you won't. And your, your spouse is just a person you're living with. You don't even want to look at them, be near them. It's like a scary thing to go through. And I was able to be there for them. And I'm grateful for that because no one should have to go through that alone or feel like they're going through it alone. Absolutely. So I was reading about HG and I saw that a lot of people spoke about how they felt unheard, not only yeah. um, not only by their friends and family, but also by their healthcare professionals, like their doctors. So it sounds like, well, you know what? I'm not going to say it sounds like, I'm going to ask you. Um, so were your doctors supportive? It sounds like the first one knew right away that it was HG, but the second one sounded like he was just like, okay, we're just going to get through this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's such a great point that you brought up. So unfortunately, many nurses and doctors don't fully, I don't know what it is. I guess they don't learn about it. I feel like everyone should know about it, but um, I've encountered many nurses and doctors that did not know what it was. Um, One even asked me, I remember there was a nurse um, just checking my vitals in the, at one of my appointments. And she's like, is this normal? And I'm like, no, it's a, it's a, it's an actual disease. And she's like, oh, I never heard of it. That's so interesting. And I'm like, why, why, why does why don't people know about this? You know what it is? It's such an uncommon thing. Now, again, stats might be different now because more people are getting properly diagnosed. But five years ago, I think it was less than 1% of pregnant women were properly diagnosed. Like less than 1% were reported with HG. So reported having HG. So that those were the stats back then. Maybe now it's a little bit bigger because, you know, maybe it's like 3% now. Um, it's so uncommon that I guess it's not like in a regular lesson, textbook, schooling. Like, I don't think it's part of the regular mainstream education. Um, and yeah, my initial doctor, like way back when he knew what it was, he he refused to treat it. I should point that out. He did not want to put me on any medication because back then not enough tests or proving that it was safe for the baby. So I wasn't able to take anything except my second pregnancy. They were like throwing all the drugs at me. They're like, you can take this. It's all safe. It's all good. It's all approved. So it was a very different experience also. So being on medication right away also helped me. Um, so my doctors didn't fully know what it was, but they knew that if they type it in a computer, like these are the medication options and this is what they can give me. And they prescribed me right away. I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to plead. I didn't have to cry like the first time around. Um, this was actually like a much smoother experience for me. So, um, so yeah. And, and I also want to add, there was a TV show that mentioned HG. One of the main characters had it and, um, she fainted and they rushed her to a hospital and the doctor was like, Oh, you have hyperemesis gravidarum. And when this show released this episode, everyone who had had HG rejoiced, like it was all over the internet. They're like, we're being acknowledged. 
people get us now. We're in the media, you know, like it was like such an exciting moment for people with HG. <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> makes total sense. Um, I'm actually going to ask you about this though, in regards to being in the media. Um, didn't Princess Kate get diagnosed with HG? Yeah. So we had at the same time, I was pregnant at the same time as her. The first time? Um, the, so it was her second kid, my first. And um, I remember having heard about it and I feel really guilty. This is something I never <sighs> told anyone. This is actually so random. I went to see Stephen Colbert when Kate was pregnant with her first child and they were making fun of her HG and Stephen Colbert was pretending to have a phone conversation with Princess Kate and she couldn't even like talk because she was puking the whole time. And I think I might've laughed when that was going on. Like I was sitting in the audience laughing at this joke and I'm thinking, I really hope that never happens to me and comes back to bite me. Mm. <laughs> and I remember thinking about this moment while I was pregnant with my first kid and being really sick. And I'm like, I will never laugh at anyone with HG ever again. I promise, I swear, like that's never happening again. But mm. um, it's so easy to not take it seriously. But like, that proves my point. Like, everyone thought she was being a dramatic princess and, oh, she's in the hospital. She's so delicate. No, it's so serious. Yes. She should be treated at a hospital for it. You know? So, um, I think the early media representation of HG was just like, no one understood it fully. Um, and I think now people get it a little more. I do. I feel like people are getting it more. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, um, that, because Princess Kate had it, it like kind of like legitimized the condition a little bit, or do you think the people were just yeah. like, yeah? Yeah, for sure. I think it helped. I think, um, first of all, people knew it existed, which they, I don't think they knew before. Um, and it definitely, I think it educated the mass, the masses. Like now people know that this exists, it's out in the world. It has a name, which is huge. It has a name right? and um, it has a history and someone really famous had it. So um, while people didn't get it and jokes were being made and like even like I can say like even when like my friends were chatting about it or like anyone was talking about it, they'd be like, oh, poor princess. She's in the hospital. Like people didn't fully understand how serious it is and how could they, you know? Right. Um, but then like once I went through it, I'm like, wow, like you cannot label or describe what this experience is like like there are no words that can really sum up what hg is it's just it's the worst it's the it worst and yeah and i've spoken to friends about it who've gone through it and we all describe it the same way we're like it's like visiting hell that's what it is it's it's a hellish experience i can't i cannot even find the words to describe how bad it is it's not yeah. fun no, it sounds it sounds awful, honestly. Was it was it frustrating when all of a sudden it was validated because Princess Kate had it, or it was like no one listens to me but they listen to Princess? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I don't even feel that people fully got her. It took a while. I think by the third kid, people were like, Oh, thank God she's feeling well enough to go to events now. And then people were like, Wow, like she really couldn't do that before and now she can. Like that must be really bad. I think it, I think it helped validate it. And also it felt really good knowing someone in the world out there had it too, because I, I know I said this before, but it is a very crazy feeling of being alone because you scroll on Instagram, you scroll on Facebook, everyone is continuing their normal daily lives. Like with COVID-19, like everyone is going crazy and everyone is being affected by it. When you're pregnant with HG, it's just you and everyone's fine and everyone's doing their thing and people are going out Saturday nights and your friends are all hanging out together and you're not, you can't be a part of that. 
it's a terrible feeling of being alone. You can't hang out with your husband, do date night anymore. It's the worst feeling of being alone. And um, just seeing on the like cover of Us Weekly or like any of the People magazine and you know, the, the headline is Kate, you know, diagnosed with HG or Kate is pregnant and cannot attend event. Like I saw stuff like that. And I'm like, I feel you, you feel me. Like we get each other, you know? So for yeah. me, it was like, I'm not alone in this. There's someone out there and she's pretty huge. Like she's the princess, you right, know? Right. Right. So that helped me. It definitely helped me. All right. Yeah. No, that's great. It's great that like you saw it in a positive way, you know? Yeah. Is HG dangerous for the baby because you lost a lot of weight, right? You couldn't keep food down. So does that kind of take away from the nutrients that the baby's getting? No. Uh, Yes and no. For some people, yes, it could could reach a point so severe where it can be dangerous for the fetus, but it it has to get to that point and it takes a long time to get there. Um, I don't know anyone personally where the baby, I mean, there are are reports of babies being underweight or um, not developing properly in certain areas and, and they suspect it's related to HG. As far as I know, and again, it's been a long time since I've done my research because it's been a long time since I've severely been affected by it. Mm-hmm. But when I was going through it, there was no actual um, danger to the fetus that we knew of back then. So, and I say back then, like it was a hundred years ago, but a lot can happen in medical um, development in five years time. So, um, yeah, so no, it was never really a danger, but like, I remember my first appointment with my second pregnancy, this is just a little over a year ago. Um, one of my early appointments, I was so sick and I was so dehydrated. First of all, they made me sit and drink in the office. They didn't let me leave till I finished drinking a full cup of water, which was such a difficult feat for me. But, um, they were so worried about me. No one cared about the baby. They didn't even like, they didn't even care but they were so worried about me and my health because um, it really just affects the mom mostly. Um, the baby's kind of like, they're not worried. They, they will suck all your nutrients out whether you've got them or not. Right. No, that makes sense. So you mentioned before that you, that you okay, so your mom was, was very supportive, it sounds like, and your yeah. husband. Um, did you have any friends who were supportive or? Yeah, so- what's funny is that one of my closest friends, my closest childhood friends was pregnant at the exact same time. Our boys are literally weeks apart. Oh, honey. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I'm like, I'm like, should I say her name or not? But yeah, we were yeah, pregnant at the exact same time. She had a great pregnancy. Thank God. She had a lot of energy and she would literally bake me like these power cookies and she would like throw in like folic acid and, and um, I'm trying to remember what else she put in there like anything loaded with nutrients she would like put into these cookies. She's like, I made up the recipe. I can't promise they taste good, but they'll make you strong. And she would come over and like physically lift me up to like get me down the stairs at my parents' house and take me out for fresh air. Um, She was amazing. She really took care of me. Um, I don't think I would have been able to be okay. Also, she was like this, like this, this vision of hope for me because she, she was so, she looked good. I mean, I don't know how she was really feeling. She looked amazing to me. She was like on two feet and walking and like, she looked so healthy and great. 
So I would see her and be like, maybe I'll reach a point where I feel this good in the pregnancy. Like I might be in month five, not feeling well, but maybe by month six, I could look like her, you know? Right. Right. So, and we literally went through it together, which was super fun. And it was good to have her support. She was, she really took care of me. So, um, so yeah, she was a great friend to go through that with. (laughs) If I had to pick a friend, that was a good friend. (laughs) Connie's awesome. And also she's a nurse. Just keep that in mind, which is interesting. Yeah. So she really knew how, like, she knew exactly how to take care of me. Um, she knew what to do, what to say. She did all the right things. She really did. She was a great friend to go through that with. Yeah. Connie's a very giving person. So yeah, for real. Um, whenever I go to her, she makes me food, like special food. And like, once I was like, Connie, I could bring my own challah. Like, why are you buying spelt flour to make me spelt challah? Like, oh, or like, <laughs> I love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah yeah it's really sweet and like she'll she'll like make special food try to make substitutes just like I'm, I can't I'm not sure how it's gonna taste but we're gonna try this <laughs> that's so cute I love that yeah oh I forgot to mention that Michelle and I are both friends with Khani Khani is actually a family friend of ours so I've known her since I was a kid but um Michelle and you, you guys go back, right? Like way back. Yeah, we go way back too. And it's just so funny how we made that small world connection because Nakami, I didn't even know you. And <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm hearing that you're staying at her house. Like, how did we even make that connection? Like it's the most random thing. Because what happened was, is after you interviewed me for your goals, the show, YouTube show, um, I guess we storied about it. We both storied about it. And Khani follows both of us. So she texted so us. So funny. Right. That was it. She's like, <laughs> yeah. one second. How do you guys know each other? We're like, how do you know each other? And how do you know each other? That was like the funniest yeah. thing ever. Like my dad and her dad go way back. Her uncle and her dad and my father are like, have been such close friends since they were, since their single years, you know, we're talking, I don't know, so cute. 30 years ago, more than that, 40, 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, right? Like how you can Small just world. randomly meet people and not even know that you like, practically grew up together with the same people but right. never knew each other it's the craziest thing totally it's so totally. not yeah um let me just finish up um what is something that you wish people knew about hg that it's not something you can control i think people expected a lot from me when i was going through it and if someone's going through HG, if you know someone who's going through it and you want to support them, just understand that they cannot control anything. They can't control how they're feeling. They can't control their body. Um, it's a complete feeling of lack of control. And trust me, they want to be with you. They want to hang out with you. They want to be themselves. Um, and they won't be for a while. And that's okay. Like you have to be really forgiving um, toward anyone who's going through HG. And I wish I had that forgiveness and understanding when I went through it. Um, and if you're going through it, what I want to tell people is that you're not alone and you're going to be okay. And I wish someone had told me that too. So, um, yeah, I'd like to leave people, whether, whatever side you're on (laughs) one side or the other, um, the patient or the caregiver or the family member, it's, it's, it is temporary and we all get through it. And it's all for a good thing. I think that's what kept my hopes up all the time was like, this is for a good cause. It's for a good cause. Um, And the fatality rate is so low. So like, you know, you're going to survive, but you have to go through hell to get there. Right. Um, But that kept me going. Yeah. (laughs) Just knowing that there's a light at the end. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. 
It's true because you actually do know that there is a light at the end of that tunnel. Whereas right. a lot of people, when they're going through things, they just don't know what's going to happen. But you, exactly. yeah, you knew you would have a beautiful baby, God willing. And right. Um, yeah. So you spoke about there being some resources or support yeah. groups. So could you just share that with our listeners? Yeah. So I mentioned it all the way in the beginning, um, but without helpher.org, I would be lost. And I, I've heard other people mention it also. I think it's everyone's favorite resource um, because it is filled with information for people who either have HG or are related to someone with HG or are friends with someone with HG. It is so full of information. And the forums on there really help you connect with other people going through it or have gone through it and have amazing advice to share. So I highly recommend anyone who is going through it has gone through it and is still having a hard time, definitely check out helper.org. I do not work on commission with them. I'm not <laughs> affiliated with them, but I am extremely grateful for how much it has helped me. Yeah, that's great. What's something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Oh, so many things. I mean, at the top of my list would be body image issues. Um, I know that devours me. And I know it has nothing to do with HG, but that is something I struggle with every day. It's definitely related to my experience with HG and how my body changed so much after and during my pregnancies, mm-hmm. um, you know, going through the massive weight loss and everyone telling me how good I looked while I was sick to um, having a baby. And I had other medical complications with my second one. Um, and I was carrying much larger than I should have. And I got stretched out and um, I will never, I never had to deal with with my body. Like I never had to worry about how I looked. I was always fit and healthy and going through all that just made me see my body differently. Um, and it's become a more negative distorted view of myself. And I would love if women never had to deal with that ever again and never have to feel like they need to look a certain way to be beautiful because everyone is beautiful. Absolutely. For sure. Okay. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, see what you're up to, got in touch with you. Ironically, my whole message and like voice on, on Instagram used to be about HG. And then I felt like maybe I'm just talking about it too much. And I really stopped talking about it, but I should keep talking about it because it is important to know about. Um, May is HG awareness month. I do try to acknowledge it. Um, but you can find me on Instagram, Michelle Moses. You can reach me at michellemoses.com. You can contact me through there, see my work on there. Um, it's a fun place, lots of free resources for fellow designers and businesswomen. Um, and yeah, pretty much I'm Michelle Moses anywhere. Um, and it's spelled with a Z M O Z E S. So yeah, hit me up. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me tonight. I really appreciate you sharing all sharing your experience and advice for fellow women who are going through this and for people whose friends and family are going through it. So yes, thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 